Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everyone, welcome to Bad Storytellers, a podcast about a small group of writers in Titusville, Florida, trying to make it big, make that mm-hmm. money. <laughs> I'm your host, Josh LaForge, and with me today is Max Wessel. Hey. And Leah Malone. Hey everybody. We typically start by discussing uh, the media we've consumed in this time between this and our last podcast. Then we move on to our own writing samples. And then afterwards, we roll the dice, pick three story genres, and workshop a film idea and record the trailer. So stick around. Or don't. Nobody listens to this fucking thing anyway. (laughs) Like 40 people listen to this thing. We had 40 listens. I think a few of them were repeat. Like who? I don't know, but I'd sure like to. Probably me. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we are now accepting writing submissions. So if you guys want to have your work critiqued on the podcast, please send it to badstorytellers at gmail.com. It can be 10 pages or less, and we'll do our best not to beat you up too bad because we're pretty shitty too. No furry erotica. If you want to send in furry erotica, make sure it's at least erotic. Furrotica. And if you want to work in my uh, fursona. Uh, That's true. And your furry erotica. My is called... Um, <laughs> PM me for deets. Furrotica Mars. <laughs> I solve oh, mysteries. So... I've got some retractions. A lot of them? No, I've got one. Oh. Uh, Neil Gaiman is pronounced Gaiman, mm-hmm. not Gaiman. Okay. So think it's gay men, not guy man, because guy man would be redundant. And he's a writer, so he knows better. I've always Also, it's his name. So yeah. I've always said, <laughs> kinda, always said Gaiman, and then people would correct me to Gaiman. No, it's Gaiman. It's pronounced Neil Diamond. Diamond. Yeah. Sweet uh, Coraline. <laughs> What about you guys? What do we what do we watch? What have we uh, what have we consumed? Uh, I've been trying to dig through older um, Prioritize stuff, and I stumbled upon the Rockford Files. Uh, is it is that a TV show? Yeah, from the seventies, and it's I forget the actor. He was in Maverick as well. Oh, the older gentleman. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know who you're talking. And about. it's just um, we'll we'll have that for the next. Place. Yeah, it's just it's every episode he he gets beat up, doesn't know what's going on until the last ten minutes, and he's like, I figured it out. Is it any good? It's I think it's cool. Just full of. Things that now no longer make sense or could be used for a plot ever. Because there's a lot of looking in phone books and doing car chases in, like, just great 70s cars. I really awesome. like it, but it's it's really weird. And uh, I'm, I'm re-watching Naruto. Yeah? Did, did my uh, my <laughs> yeah, my recommendations dude. spur that on? Well, the whole thing is I, I saw it and I kind of gave up, I think, around pain. Yeah, that's when I gave up. Yeah. Because, spoiler alert... Everybody, everybody dies, dies, and then they bring everybody back to life like it never happened. It was bullshit. Especially after watching One Punch Man and even Garen Lagan and stuff. It's like, those shows move. Yeah. They, yeah, are, they, they are going someplace. Rewatching Naruto is like pulling teeth at this moment. <laughs> it's just like, oh. The first four minutes of every episode is the last four minutes of the last episode. Yeah. They do a recap at every commercial break. And one out of every five shows is a recap show or just straight garbage filler. It, it sucks, too, because of the way that television works. They just want to keep that ball rolling. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's caught up to the manga or not. They're like, oh, we'll just make more episodes. They can be as shitty as they want because people know that it's going to catch up with the manga soon. So I, I, I wish they would just be like, oh, well, there's enough manga here 
or manga, or however you want to say it, for an entire season. Let's make that season, and let's wait till there's another. There's yeah. enough for a second for another season, but you know you got to keep that money train rolling. Anything else? I know I've watched other stuff. I just haven't. Um, Daredevil. Oh yeah, I finished that. Daredevil season two. I just started it. I'll talk about that in a second. I will talk to you with uh, all, day. <laughs> all day, Max. Um, I watched the Pee Wee movie. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I still haven't gotten to it yet. I it's really want really to. Really good. Yeah, uh, I guess spoiler alert. Okay. Pee Wee gets his first boner. Oh shit! So that's cool. What else? I saw the um. Is it he never died? The Henry Allens. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love the shit out of that. I fucking yeah. loved it too. I saw I, I saw the trailer and it just didn't didn't look oh, like my kind of movie. But it's, it's funnier than the trailer. It lets on. Okay, yeah, it's really fucking cool. I have to check it out then. I, I've been eyeing it. Yeah, eyeballing it. The Little Rascals from the nineties. The movie. Yeah, and it sucked. <laughs> just as much as I thought it would. And you, had, then, you hadn't seen it before? No, I saw it when I was a kid. Oh. And when I was a kid, it was just kids doing weird shit. So I was like, okay. And then I watched it again, and I was like, you know what? I bet a lot of these, because there's like 30 little kids. It came out right after uh, The Sandlot, too, right? Like they were trying to, yeah, they were trying to think so, revive yeah. that kind and of it was kid. Like, oh, that, that made a ton of movie. Let's do Little Rascals. It's kind of like that. I was like, there's 30 kids. Someone had to do something. Not a one of those kids did anything like five years after that movie. Yeah. It was really depressing. Yeah, I think I read a Where Are They Now article, though, they're all fine. That's good. So, like, they always like, oh, no, we went to, like, with that money, we went to college, and now I have a job and a family, and I'm happy. Oh, that's Interesting. good. Like, that's I depressing. don't mind that I'm not famous anymore. It's yeah, funny. but at that point, it's like, those kids are too young to want to be actors. Yeah. yeah. So it was all parent, like, no, you are going to be a little rascal. You're going to play pretend yeah. for money, for <laughs> you're, me. You're not going to see that money. That's my money. <laughs> And then I'm on my annual uh, Harry Potter read-through. So, Which book you on? I just started, so I'm on Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, whichever you will. Is there any difference in the actual text of the books between... Um, there, Yes, but just Britishisms until like the third or fourth book when they just uniformed it out. And they're just like, screw it. Yeah, they just nothing big like jumper instead of sweater. So. Uh, lorry instead of delivery truck. Yeah, really. Trousers instead of pants. pants mm-hmm. They use the N-word a lot, that kind of stuff, so... <laughs> <laughs> when they say Fanny, they're really talking yeah. about cunts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every year I reread the series and then do it. I've been doing it since like 1999. Jesus. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't do but that. But why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of the, probably the two books I've read the most were uh, one is definitely Pride and Prejudice because I've just for school have had to read that. Yeah. Hmm. Every year I was in school, probably in English, they were just like it would come up. Um, but also, there's a book called uh, Carry On Mr. Bowdwich, and it's about the first great sailor of America. And he wrote a navigation book, and it's a great metaphor for like how America is totally going to conquer the world eventually. And they, they work a cool. lot of metaphors in that. Hmm. I, and I rewatch, I reread it all the time because it's just so like 20 million terrible things happen to this guy. And he's like, he just wakes up the next day and just does more math. He's like, yep, that happened. I also, uh, every year I try to reread Starship Troopers. I've only read that twice. I've, I've only read it once, but I loved it. Yeah, because when I go back to a book, it's you remember the high points, and then there's all that stuff in the middle. Oh, yeah. That was a book I did not expect it to be the way it was after hearing about it. and like, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was going to – first, I mean, I saw the movie. Yeah, I saw the movie well before I read the book. Me too. And I was happy with what I got. Very pleased. It's very different. I mean, the whole book is really about military law in the future. That's it. Like, like and and how things are structured and right, and and the only reason that they that there are like adventures or little stories where they go on missions is to explain a new part about military yep. law and glimpses of 
their society. If that doesn't sound like fun to you, don't worry. It doesn't sound like fun to me when I say it, but it's a fun book. It's yeah. a great fun it, book. Well, yeah, and it worked in a great way. Every once in a while, he'd show a little idea that was pretty novel, and you're like, that's a really novel idea. Yeah. I really like that. Or like the th- One of the things that stuck with me is officers have to be enlisted men first. Yes. Base. And also, to be a, a, a space marshal or whatever who is in charge of direct fleet movements, you have to have been a captain and a company commander. Mm-hmm. Like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. But that would make you good at your job. Right. And, and also, um, there's a lot of concepts that work in that world that, that run very counter to our American sensibilities that work very well in that world. Specifically, like the idea that, you know, violence isn't the answer. And, and yeah, and this, it, it's it. it their society is very fascist. <laughs> I mean, uh, not on Earth, it's not. But if you if you want to become a citizen so that you can vote and have an active thing, like you have to serve or you have to find some other way to yeah. to do it. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting read. And it's, it's a great... It's a philosophical read, really. Yeah. And it's it's info dump. <clears throat> it's action-packed info dump. And unlike, a, unlike Dune, which yeah. is not very action-packed. There's if one you, fight scene. <laughs> when you're writing a book, you have to tell people what's going on. And that is a great way to do it. Because like you said, it's about law. But it's an awesome law book. It's yeah. really interesting. It's Pro- very good. Probably a, f- a fourth of that book takes in- place in a classroom. Yeah. And, or and, in one classroom or another. Yeah. And like I said, if you if, if I think we've, we've talked about this before, if you like Starship Troopers, you should read The Forever War because it's like it, it goes – it doesn't really go into the law as much as it is what the experience would be of being that person, which is much more what that's about. So if you like Starship Troopers, you'd like The Forever War, but they're completely different books. Any turtle love updates? No. I actually uh, – I got bored of um, – the Imager series I was reading, and I, I opened my Kindle to read, and I was like, I'm not going to read a book that makes me go, oh, here I go. <laughs> so I went to something else. I decided to do my Harry Potter run through. I felt that I felt that way about the, the second book, You Let Me Borrow, in oh, the, yeah. the Court of Air series. Yeah. Where I really liked the Court of Air. I was totally into it. And then I got the second what one. Is, was like, what is the Court of Air? Um, it's a book where, is it Victorian era? It's Victorian steampunk set like two million years in the future. Oh, and there's magic and stuff and all of that. There's a bunch of characters that works really well. There's a really good climax and there's a lot of world building and there's clockwork mm-hmm. people and there's magic people and there's bugs that live in the center of the earth for some reason. As they As they want to do. Yeah. And it all works really well. And then the second one, they're going on like a treasure hunt and I just don't give a shit. After mm-hmm. the, the height of the Court of Air, I, do, I just cannot yeah. possibly give a fuck. I think I might like this series because I read the second book first. Maybe. I read the second book first and then i read the first book and it was like a build-up to where you got the other slide yeah. then i read the third one which is good the fourth one there's a fourth and fifth and i'm like kind of iffy on the fourth one hmm. but they're if you like steampunk it's great it rationalizes everything because it's so far in the future that cycle has just come around again everything else has been ground down into dust and oh yeah, yeah. And, and something like uh internal combustion engines don't work for some yeah. reason they figured they out just don't they're like we can make a car run on springs why don't we do that and they did Huh. As for me, I, I'm still reading The Postman, and I'm kind of reading it with an analytical eye this time because uh, it is very much the kind of story that I'm writing, mm-hmm. where it's one person's perspective. You never get any other kind of narrative. It just goes in and out of their memories and their present experience, without. but it does it without being boring, and I'm really trying to pay attention to how it does that <laughs> because there's so many times I, could, I say Malcolm's name, and I'm just like, how many times am I going to say this? Like, is, yeah. it, is it really bug people? I'm sure it does. No, I, just, I don't think it does because when you're reading it, you just you need that. Yeah, it's, reading it's writing it, it when you're doing it mechanically. You, when you can see the gears, you're like, I'm using that gear again. There it is. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think that's definitely a thing of writing it is annoying, but when you read, you just blow right by it. Interesting. Well, you guys will have to we'll, – we'll talk yeah. about that in a second yeah. then. I also started Daredevil Season 2. Super good. How many episodes are you in? Two. I finished the second episode, so please don't spoil anything. Uh, I really like the the Punisher so far. It feels very much like they saw the Dirty Laundry short film with Thomas Jane, and we're like, no, no, that one. That's the Punisher. That's the one we want. That's the that's the comic book version that we're going for. Not the over the top one where the Punisher's holding the Earth hostage and has a gun to it and says, "By this comic or the Earth gets it." I'm trying to think of what else. I saw some movies. I think don't remember. No, I I read. Saw more stuff. I just can't remember it. Although there is something I do want to talk about that I just fired about that I'm going to talk about now. Let's do it. Rogue One trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw it. Rogue One trailer. I want to talk about it. Yeah, I was excited. I I think it looks dope from what I can tell. Donnie Yen looks great. Yeah. Um, but I don't know why. Maybe it's the close up on her face that that's making it for me. Uh, that, that's bothering me so much. But her teeth are too perfect for how dirty she is through the entire trailer. That's a weird nitpicky thing to no, focus it, on. It, though. It, I, I wasn't trying to focus on it. It just really stands out. I feel like the, you're the only person I've heard I'm, say I'm sure, that. I'm sure it just bugs me. Maybe it's because I I I, I watched the Count of Monte Cristo movie. Yeah. Oh, uh, rewatched it recently, and I'm just like this. Everything looks so good. Which one? <laughs> Gerard Depardieu or the recent no no the uh, the is it Jim Caviezel yeah yeah that one that with was, with Guy Pierce that's a good one yeah it is like it. but the trailer I I was at like eighty five percent and then I saw Forrest Whitaker and I went to like one hundred and thirty yeah yeah I had really? no idea he was you in know it. what you know what sold me on it Mon Mothra Just oh whoever yeah. they got to play her is like perfect Mon Mothra is that is that a Godzilla crossover oh no Mon Mothma <laughs> that's okay that's funny man that was a Freudian slip because yeah. that's something I want to see. <laughs> Now that's all I can do. Mon Mothra. She's like, <laughs> no, I. When I saw her, and I was like, oh yeah. I don't know who I Mon Mothma is. She was the leader of the rebellion in between the destruction of Alderaan and the rise of Leia. Old lady in a beige dress. No, I saw her in the. I know who you're talking about in the trailer, but like, mm-hmm. is she from the books or something? Is no, that, she's she's, she's in the Jedi. Oh, okay. She's that, the one who's like. That's the movie I've seen. The, I've seen once. Many Bothans died <laughs> gathering this information. That's okay. Her. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've watched I've watched the first Star Wars probably like eight times, Empire like twelve times, and Return of the Jedi maybe once. I like Jedi so much. Jedi I've probably seen the most. That is definitely my least favorite. Everything I remember about it, I dislike. There's there's a lot of bad in it, but one of my favorite things it does in the end is it it has those three stages of fight going on mm-hmm. that I really enjoy that I think work better than the original um, A New Hope, where you have I see what you're saying. Where you have the 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 battle on the ground. It's Ewoks kind of hokey, whatever. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, the space battle is intense. An A-Wing flies into the Executioner's Bridge. It's metal. It's fucking awesome. I love it. And then there's the the Vader, Palpatine, Luke battle going on. Yeah, it's kind of like the end of Inception. Yeah. Where you, they have to keep yeah, checking you're, in you're, you're flowing the whole through. time. I, I definitely see what you're saying. Pulling out from the yeah. small scale into the large scale. And then and then they start dominoing. And then you realize what the actual important fight is. Uh the fight on the planet is just to get yeah. the shield down for the yeah. space battle, but the space battle really is about ending the Empire, and that is what Luke is actually doing. So and like, speaking of Star Wars and Rogue One, I do want to kind of switch gears here for a second. Did you guys see the first eight minutes set to Dark Side of the Moon? No. Fits way better than The Wizard of Oz. Ooh, really? Oh, yeah, big time. First eight minutes of what? Uh, Force sorry, Origins? Force Awakens, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty fantastic. I know what I'm doing when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> I need to, I need to buy that because I I'm a special features junkie, I, and I hear they're pretty good. I've heard they're good too. My laptop died, and I have no way to play DVDs or Blu-rays. So when I get back into modern dumb, I will pick that up. 
Right now you're in the Stone Age. I, yeah. I can give you Consider a laser it. disc player. I don't think they made the Force Awakens for laser disc. I'll make it happen. Yeah. Just jam it in. Yeah. Rogue One trailer was really mm-hmm. what we were talking about. Oh, yeah, I it's good. It. I, I liked it. it. We'll see where it goes. Um, I don't really don't know. My significant other said, uh, like I was explaining it to her. I was like, hey, listen, I'm kind of stoked about this Star Wars movie because there's no Jedi and no Force and it's just, you know, it's just Star Wars. <laughs> it lives up to the name. It's just war in space yep, and how crazy that is. Star Wars story. Like, man, and I'm kind of hoping Forrest Whitaker is uh, Mandalorian because he's got, like, there's two guys who have like too much armor. Somebody said on he him. was like a dark stormtrooper. I don't know what that is. I'm, I, I didn't grow up a Star Wars. Fan. I, I know what dark stormtroopers are, at least the ones from Dark Forces, which is the first Kyle Katarn right. video game. Yeah, they had the black storm, the black yeah. armor stormtroopers, right? But they sucked. They sucked to fight. I they would, were also robots, though, so I don't know. Maybe he's a robot. Much Maybe rather have he's him be a robot. A Mandalorian. Maybe it'd, it'd be tight. That would be cool. But it had everything you want. Like, hey, we're X-wing pilots, and we're gonna go do cool shit. And I'm like, okay. And I want to watch you do cool shit. Here's my eight dollars. I think that's all Disney. It's, it's really, it's probably gonna be twelve, but that's fine. It'll be five dollars at my local theater on a matinee. Uh, yeah. no, actually, I know the way that we're going to do it. We're going to run out that little theater again and do it for twenty dollars a pop. But we're going to have the whole little theater to ourselves again because that yeah. shit was what? dope. It was amazing. I also saw the trailer for the uh, new Through the Looking Glass. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it looked Tim Burton ish, and not something I have an interest in. But it I, like a good I wasn't film. a huge fan of the first one. I mean, again, it looked yeah. gorgeous. But that plot of that thing was like a weird crab monster. Well, no, I don't believe in magic or any of this. Okay, lady, you're in Wonderland. So if you don't believe it, fuck you. Like no yeah, one says that to you. You're an idiot is, is the problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's never ruined a movie. Yeah, but it, it's just it's, – it's weird when you're trying to suspend your own disbelief and you have a main character who is just full of more disbelief than you are. And they're <laughs> in that world yeah. where you're just like, come on, lady. I want to enjoy this movie. Let me enjoy this movie. You need somebody who's like who runs opposite to that. Like in the X Files, you need you know for every Fox Mulder, you need you need, Dana, a, yeah. you need yeah. Dana Scully, or else you're not buying any moment. of it. But but I'm just saying, if like if you're in the Matrix and they do that reveal, like where there's a moment where reality might not be where you like, you need to yeah. play that up and have that part of the plot, or don't fucking bring it up. Yeah. If the mirror tries to swallow you and you're like, nope, still don't believe it. You're yeah, like, fuck your dick. All right, well let's move on to our writing samples that we brought in this week. Let's start with Liam. You brought in a continuation of your yes. Fox and the Ox. It's about story. 800 words more and a, I think a little bit more than a page more though because a lot of it was dialogue. Right. Well, tell us what uh, what the story is and what you added. All right. So it's a story of two boys. They're going to their winter home for a joining ceremony. It's their, their movement into adulthood. They're going to be put in clans which are even more important than family in this world. Mm-hmm. It's like um, a cast, isn't it? Yeah. Is that the idea? Yeah. It decides kind of your political and economic future. And the reason why they're divided so much is they have to be kind of a, a command communist situation because they have so little that if, if there's any fluctuation or any misstep, they're just – they're done. They're dead. If you don't have a black, enough blacksmiths, you're like – you're not going to have enough crops because you're not going to have enough plows and you'll die in winter. And I introduced a lady who I'm – I already kind of know what I'm going to do with her. Uh, the fox is going to go off with her a couple times before the uh, before the joining ceremony. No, that happened in oh, okay. the. Uh, it happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. And he goes the, off. The ox, the ox mentions yeah. having seen it, mm-hmm. and he's going to be like, "Oh no, I guess they're together." And, th- and these then, aren't these aren't actual foxes and oxes. Yeah, no. Th- those are their the kids they, who yeah. are their nicknames. But then I want it to like to the reveal is after like right before the joining. There's a big like also sexual coming of age thing, and they're going to be paired off. Ooh. Not to like do it, but to like have, have like <laughs> it's like an it's an, like an eighth grade dance. It's their their first foray into like 
dealing with people, like dealing That's with each other. That's basically what eighth grade yeah. dance was for us. It's dealing a giant with, sexual pairing off. Yeah, dealing with. Um, we were sold to to each other's <laughs> yeah. family. Dowry was exchange. But it's not. Yeah, it's not What's a permanent up, thing. What's up, Angela It's not like oh man, they go to this dance and they pair off and then you have to marry that person. But it's it's the idea of getting you into the mood or in, or in the idea that you have to now deal with each other sexually. All of a sudden, right. you're you're being the reason why the fox is going off with her is to. Insure, like you're supposed to do it blindfolded or however it's supposed to be random but the fox is rigging it so that so she'll know it's him she'll th- she'll know it's the ox oh so she he's he's uh he's helping out his friend oh um, okay. i want to i want to one of the things i want to do is like the two of them growing up in this as a pair in this society but also a society that's really kind of communal based they're always looking for the angle to help not only themselves but everyone around them and they're not willing to fuck someone over close to them to gain something and then I'm going to transport them into another very selfish, very self-serving monarchy and then watch what happens when you have a in – a, in a backstabby winner-take-all kind of situation. What happens when you have one person who can completely trust another person and they go in as a unit and they know they can always count on the other one to get them out and how incredibly politically it powerful. Eliminates she, the, yeah. it, it eliminates the prisoner dilemma. Yeah. Yeah, that could be interesting. I'd like to read about that. Yeah, I so think that's there's what I'm some kind of going philosophically for. some good places you can go with there. Yeah, so the the first two, I think the first two or three chapters are just going to be them in childhood developing their characters, so that you know who they are. That when they're put into the this bigger, wider world, you don't have to. You're you know, not worried they'll betray yeah. each other. I wonder if they. I wonder if actually studying some of the game theory might give you some ideas for situations that they might force them into that they'll completely break. Oh, yeah. Just by, yeah. Well, actually, the reason why I came up with it was um, just reading more up on the Senjoku Jigai. Because the only reason why Nobunaga could take it over is the country directly at his back was a staunch ally. And no one else had that. So when he went invading, someone could hold his line for him in the back. Interesting. And that's the only reason he won. And he is pretty reviled. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's Japanese did a, literature. He did a bunch of bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who who took over afterwards? Uh, it wasn't, Toku, it wasn't, wasn't Tokugawa. It wasn't, uh, there was a guy in the middle who invaded Korea. I don't know. And completely redid their tax system. And that was actually maybe the most important thing done at the end of the, that period. But Korea had those turtle ships. Oh, yeah. Dude, and Admiral Yi. Have you ever read up on Admiral oh, Yi? Yeah. Admiral Yi was the best sailor that has ever lived. Thank God for like Age of Empires. As a kid. Yeah, it looked like a bunch of people died after him. Oh, tons. And I think a bunch of his, his Nobunaga's children were slaughtered. When the first, his first heir committed suicide at 25. Damn. Metal. <laughs> it's a bummer. It's, All right, it's so, uh, so what do you guys think? What do, you, do, you, do you guys like Joanna? Do you... Yeah, um, mm-hmm. jo- I don't really know a lot about Joanna except for she it, she feels very familiar to these two in the way that she can kind of joke with them yeah. and drive them. In, and she knows not to push it too far with the ox. I, I think I need to uh, maybe in the earlier part kind of maybe hammer in again. Hearth siblings is supposed to that's a big deal. That's a big concept. Right. I'm digging and, the uh, shit out of the world. I yeah, I like, I like it a lot, lot so far. I would like more descriptions of the place that they're in. Okay. Like uh, just just physical. Just take take a paragraph and just describe it, and I, that would be. I, I do need to do that, and I really need to figure out where they are. Okay. In a lot of ways, because I'm trying I'm trying to think of like where in a valley in the far 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 south. How temperate could I make it? What is the most temperate place I could describe? 
I mean, if you just described it as like a wooden building that's as big as a hall and there were fires, that gives me context. I mean, I, from when, when it was described, mm-hmm. I almost imagined they were outside, like just kind of milling around. Oh, they are out. <laughs> that conversation is outside. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's, that's what I... And they're like... What they're kind putting of sh- up tents. I think they're talking... Yeah, they talk are about... Are they like, tents? Are they yurts? Like what kind there's, of structure? There's all, well, they need to know the yeah. process that the mud hut is made from. Yeah. Okay. Well, even that can tell you the temperature. If they're building tents, then everything's going to be fine. But if they're building super strong structures, there's also other. I think there's also another weird thing where, like, the culture that they live in is an amalgamation of all of the southern people into one society. And I think they mention one or two ethnicities Mm -hmm. and how they're supposed to be sort of different. I don't know if I want to keep that yet. I would have it like maybe not now, but later, like how they're driven into that. Mm -hmm. Because so much of society is you got pushed out of your home and now you have to deal with this new area you live in. And I'd also like. because why would the two cultures come together? They kind of shit on the miners a bit. It'd be nice if there was a character who is a miner who's maybe, I don't know, to, to, just to give the audience a different perspective than how a kid would see it. Yeah. Well, for the, and I, I haven't explained this yet, but a part of it is like, the ox is just completely and utterly claustrophobic. He's a giant, huge man who does yeah. not like being confined at all. Makes sense. Cool. It makes sense for anybody to be claustrophobic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like if you just, if you, if you just say that he's claustrophobic, Nobody's going to be. It's like being afraid of heights, you know. Just that's a fear. I would definitely eat my pickaxe before I became a forced miner. I would not ever want to be in a mine for any extended period of time, and I'm not claustrophobic. Yeah, mines are scary. It's just a terrible fucking life. You get the black lung. Yeah. <laughs> well, not if you're doing it with picks. Yeah. So we got a, we got a, we got something for uh, for Max too, right? Yes, we did. Mine is a redraw of what I brought in last time. It's kind of like a, a focusing on the captain more and like, yeah, and like I, his the legend around him. and his, That's uh, what I'm trying to do more of like be in his brain mm-hmm. from what you guys suggested and Doug's suggestion of describing the boat a little more. Because when I read back, I realized reading it, you would think it was a sailing ship. Yes. And then it's yeah, in the 1700s. 100%. So I'm trying to go back into more. And this is not like for readers. This is just me putting down ideas on the page in the way that I do. And... I definitely want to take up Liam's idea of the Marine. So I want to do... You could seriously do it chapter by chapter. Yeah, chapter and switch. Captain yeah. and the Marine. Because the Captain is extremely upper class. His father is an Earl. He has the best of everything. He really doesn't understand the lower classes. But the Marine will understand the lower class. And I want there to be like, when the revolution happens, the Sinclair is just out of his element. And he's like, what the fuck? Because everything he has ever known is now bad. It'd be interesting to hear... The kind of inflated legend about the captain from the Marines' perspective. Yeah. And then – because I like how you handled it in mm-hmm. this. Um, but but if it was specifically through the Marines' eyes, that would be interesting because then when you switch back to the captain, you could almost be like he kind of has like a private envy or reverence for the people who were Marines instead of instead of winning and, you know, going into captainry or whatever. You okay. So like he can be faintly embarrassed of – people liking him because he might think that these people are actually more capable than he is yeah but he's in command you know but they're he can even be like they're lower class how could they be yeah more capable than me anything honestly just as yeah. long as you get what each party thinks about the mm-hmm. other i'm in it i mean yeah, I, I, yeah. I like how you i like how you started off with the description of the ship because mm-hmm. uh, i feel like like okay that it feels like an establishing shot in a film like you start yeah. outside and you're like look this is what we're looking at and here's and what's it, on it and there's yeah. a ship and then it closes in and it's the captain and then it pans over and you're watching the guns you know what the setup is mm-hmm. there's a flow yeah I, right, I, cool. I, I dig the way it's structured even if it's unintentional yeah cool okay yeah I was really just trying to get into his brain a little more and how he feels about what's going on 
because I know that's been my problem throughout the podcast. Being clinical? My characters are just outside of their own head. I, that's how I am before yeah. I start writing. Mm-hmm. Like all of my outlines are just yeah. total zoomed out always, yep. all the time. So it's me trying to get and, information down. No, and, man. Straight yeah. up voicing is hard. Trying trying to make characters feel distinctly their own yeah. rather than you doing this a hundred mm-hmm. times in different ways. I felt more of his character doing that, and I really like that. So that is something I will add to my tool bag, if you will. Yeah, I'm finding that being in a character's head is a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's way it's in a way good too, and bad way in a good and bad way but the bad way is it's way too easy to make somebody into a mary sue oh yeah oh yeah because my idea for him was like he's gonna be like this big guy and he does a thing and he gets the pirates to join and he fights the revolution but now he's kind of a douchebag like he's rich he has never had a problem in his life and when he runs up against the pirates he's gonna be like do what i say and they're gonna be like uh go fuck yourself i think i think uh on the subject of mary sues i think that if a lot of writers say they start with the character first and mm-hmm. then move on to like the story and the plot, maybe that's the trap that leads you into becoming in, into making Mary Sue's is that you fall in love with this character, you don't want anything bad to happen to him. Maybe, but I I think you can completely make one the opposite way too. Yeah, by having a set of feats that need to be accomplished, where like then you puzzle piece a, a superhero to get it done. You might be right. Yeah, I feel like. Mary Sue's most of them, or the or the com- concept of just an overpowered character or, or too perfect character, mm-hmm. comes out of pure and utter wish fulfillment. Someone who needs someone to live vicariously through. Maybe, or well, it also comes like if you're describing somebody, like if you're trying to be super progressive and like, oh well, I'm describing. I see. The, the oh, they know how Mary, to deal. Mary Sue they is, know how to deal with every social situation, and they never use any improper language. And yeah. it's it's yeah. James Bond, 100 percent Harry yeah. Stu, you know, and then. Uh, but you read a lot about it with women who the author, if it's a man, is trying to describe a woman who's good at everything. Oh, you know, she can yeah. fix cars, but she like, like uh, the lady from um, Transformers, the oh, Megan oh, yeah, Fox character, total Mary Sue. Well, the whole, like, the whole thing is that's again wish fulfillment. Yeah, that's, you're, you're probably your she's extra hot because she yeah, fix cars. and she even like going too she, far. She's like, all dirty and greasy. She, but she wasn't. That she fixes yeah. cars, but she cares. She cares about oh, no. looks too, guys. Oh no. There was when she got out, when she got out of that hood. There was a there was a nice like grease line up here. Not how actual people get done when they <laughs> get done. Well, like, you, you change a battery and you're just like fucking filthy. Do you remember but, uh, Tears of the Sun, the Bruce Willis movie? No. Oh, it was a movie yes. where he yeah, was like yeah, an yeah. army, you know, or whatever. And they go through the jungle. And I was watching with my dad, and he's like, "That's the only movie I've ever seen where their makeup was messed up when they're out of the jungle because mm-hmm. they put on the full combat gear. You know, he was in Vietnam and everything." He's like, that shit does not last five minutes in the jungle. <laughs> like, they're having firefights, they're running, people they're are getting sweating, shot, yeah. they're sweating, and they always come out of the jungle with perfect. And he's like, that's the only movie that I've ever seen that anything actually, you know, changes with the character. Interesting. You know, yeah. what's funny too is that mm-hmm. books are very clear, like, about combat and stuff like that, are very clear about how different the person looks when they come out and, like, you know, because mm-hmm. as it's happening, they need to give you clues about how things are getting worse and stuff like that. In movies, it's just about the action, so it's not really yeah. that big of a deal. And and more importantly, you want the picturesque scene at the end. You want the towering, triumphant hero, or right. or the even when they get hurt, they're like kind of hurt. Yeah, it's usually like a gut shot, and they're just like, eh. also because doing a lot of prosthetics is probably expensive. That's <laughs> true. There are well, limitations. Yeah, and and uh, not to mention continuity. Like if oh, if, God, if they yeah. all if everybody looks the same all the way through, it's easier to use shots from other things. That's true. Is there any <coughs> anything else on this suggestions? Uh, I, I, I would like to see it. I would like to see it. How you would use this in a in in the actual story? Like I like to see where it's going. Yeah, because okay. this I, doesn't this doesn't quite feel like a first chapter to me. Well, the the thing too is that I don't know if it's just 
my personal bias, but like yeah. whenever I outline something, like I always start all the way out first and then zoom all the way in. So any criticism I'm giving you about this is me just going, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it looks good this so far. This is how I outline. This is the, I yeah. believe we have had this conversation before. I just write a bunch of shit down, notes to myself in narrative, and I'll just keep going with that. I am I, I hope to, you do. I really, I, yeah, I'm I, starting I, I to get into more. the character and like where he's going to go. He has changed completely in the past two weeks. Of That's going to keep happening. Go. Yeah. And yeah. I like the idea of the lieutenant or the lower class marine coming in and yeah, making him. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I you again come up with your own. He doesn't even have to be. He can be middle class, but like he is not where this guy is, and this guy is going to have his whole world pulled out from under him, and he's going to have to try to fix it and understand why it got pulled out from under him. I would like um if if it's possible for when he gets introduced to kind of go back into his personal history as just like highlights. Yeah. You know, and, and, and say like he did this and he did this and this and he got recognition for this and this and this and here he was now, you know. That kind of thing. Just to okay, give me cool. even a, a, a better again, like, like idea he did, of who he is. Like he did with the ship. Yeah. Or 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 you could even or even <laughs> just the moment where he's like talking about his wool uniform, you'd be like, It felt much better on this soil. Or when he was when he was in the academy, he he thought he could never be any hotter or any more tired or any more any of this. Oh, and cool! Can, yeah, I like that idea. And then just uh, link it to something <clears throat> physical, and then you can you can always use that as a touchstone to bring the memory back. Kind of thought memories. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I could even, yeah, because he's waiting for combat and that's... Cool. He kind of ruminates. Yeah, would be a good idea. What did you bring in? I brought in uh, the completed vomit draft <laughs> of the fourth chapter of Malcolm Hat. Basically, I, I used a lot of what you guys recommended to try to give uh, the bears. E- even yeah, even the the situation came from your guys's notes mm-hmm. about them letting him free and doing that. Now I'm not I'm not really happy with the way. I did it. I didn't give enough time to a lot of the description earlier on because we, I still haven't gone into like how the village works and stuff. I'll try to make up some of that ground in the next chapter, but it belongs in this chapter. I, when I go to rewrite it, it'll, it'll take place uh, either in this chapter or the chapter before. The old switcheroo. Yeah. The old edit. Do you want to run through what you put in? or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So it's the same as last, last episode except for now while Malcolm's out and he finds the spear, he also uh, – it also starts raining and it's terrible, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have any shelter, and he thinks about how pathetic he must look. Brings back a memory of an old dog that he saw in the rain, and how pathetic it looked to him. And he can't take it, so he's like, "Screw it! I'm going to keep walking through the rain." But it's way too cold. It's it's he's totally unprepared and undressed for this kind of <laughs> this kind mm-hmm. of thing. So he sees a cave, hops in the cave, uh, sees a bunch of cave paintings, and is like, "Oh, geez, is, are these the the humans that 
they were talking about humans like our cavemen here is this the past you know is is that is this where i ended up and uh no that cave does not have a human in it it has a big monster <laughs> that uh that uh the spear is no more than like a long handled knife to it and uh chases Malcolm through the forest. And then once uh, once they chase Mal- he chases Malcolm through the forest, Malcolm gets cornered. The beast uh, is killed by Kilvin, and Kilvin's like, hey, yeah, listen, we got to get moving. I'd say the first thing that I really liked that stuck out was the um, thinking back to the museum where he was a, you know, thinking about the caveman when yeah. he picked up the spear and he was kind of play acting like a kid would, you know, grunting. He was like, oh, I'm a caveman walking through the mm-hmm. woods. I, that, <laughs> that fit well. I liked that a lot because – He's in a weird situation. He finds his fear. It's, but it's all, yeah. it's also just great, great little personality moments yeah. where, again, the more I like Malcolm, the more I'm invested in the story, Does the it, more I give a sh- like shit what ha- what's no, going on around him. Obviously, I, I mean, none of that's random. I'm, I'm trying to yeah. do something mm-hmm. specific. But my, my main goal is to try to make him feel like a real kid Yeah, at all these times so that when danger happens, you're like, ah, like, you know, this and is a child. Forgive me. Um, is he – was he learning any of the karate before? No. He hasn't okay. learned any. I was going to say, like, if you're a kid in the woods with a spear, wouldn't he be imitating any, like, the ninja moves he saw? That's a good idea. And, like, Kilvin sees him. He's that like, a good idea. Eh, he's not that bad. You know? <laughs> Maybe. That's a good idea. Yeah, I, I might kid, throw that in. If there. I'm walking through the woods in a spear at 30, I'm st- no one's around, I'm still going to be doing ninja kicks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be Star Wars kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Gishlan rides all the shit out of it. What's, That's what's Star Wars that his kid. name? Yeah, he's French-Canadian. Oh, geez. Which makes just makes it sadder. Yeah. So, um... But I think that would be, and then the uh, the bear scene was great. You guys um, like that? Yeah. I thought I was. I, I might have been um, making it a little too over the top. I'm not worried about that. Okay. It's a big bear monster. You're fine. <laughs> I mean, and a sentient I'm, like I, a. I'm sure you're gonna. It entered the Stone Age, basically. Yeah, an intelligent sentient like bear monster is terrifying. Yeah. And I it mean, thinks it's funny that he fell down, and then that just creates a whole new terrifying thing. Yeah. I'm I'm sure it can be tightened up. I couldn't tell you exactly how because I just like the way it's flown right now. It feels um, – if to me, the way I write when reading it now, it feels very sparse. Like, I, like yeah. I'm already very spare with my words. I'm, I'm a spendthrift. Uh, but I'm, I, I don't know. I'm – especially when I'm looking for something and trying to edit, the first thing I do with a pass is what can go. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always always the first thing I do. And I, I, and I don't – there's very little fat on this and that's good. Oh, because you can always you can always pad something out if it feels sparse. I think it's a lot harder to cut because you. Uh, I think it's a lot for me. It's a lot harder to cut just because you're emotionally attached to how things are already working. Oh, mm-hmm. but I like your description. Did you get a good sense are. of what it looked like? The, yeah, the creature. Okay, the environment and everything. And I love that they let him go into the woods to see what he does, and he just gets into so much trouble that they're like, "God damn it, we got to save him," because <laughs> he did the exact opposite of what they thought he would do and what he should do. He goes into a cave that they would know and any any of the humans would know not to go into there, right? Yeah, yeah. So and, and anybody yeah. who even saw the spear that he picked up yeah, would be like, whoa, got to keep moving. So <laughs> he, just, he picks it up and walks straight back home to – like brings the spear home and they're all like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, I'm always worried I'm saying his name too much. But it doesn't bother you? Honestly, no. it, reading anything, it slides over. I know what you feel because I hate writing – the same name over and over and i hate right. saying he said all that stuff but as a reader it's just it slides you know your brain doesn't let you 
even realize. It's weird too because it feels like time is moving so fast in the book because there's so little dialogue. Like there's there's no yeah there's no every every chance. It's weird because I've kind of written myself out of the opportunity to info dump. You know, like I I can't I can't info dump through dialogue, so I have to find little tiny ways to do it. And and I but you're reaching the point where that's no longer going to be necessary, right? Or as necessary at least, right? And I I think that is accidentally a great decision I made <laughs> because, yeah. because a, a lot of info, I mean, I don't know if we probably talked about this before, but I read Dune and the whole book is an info dump and I just, I can't deal and with there, it. There are, it's conversation after conversation. Exactly. After conversation. This is going to happen and this and, is going to happen. And, uh, and even, even and, during the conversation, the author stops to t- explain like why, what they said was important. And, and it has these weird moments where, I feel like he picks sometimes like the weirdest points in conversations to have the most important part of the information. Yeah, yeah. We were kind of already glazed over and I'll do this and then it'll go three pages and you're like, oh fuck, what is he talking about? Oh god damn it. And I, I don't wanna I don't wanna shit too much on it because I know it's like half the world's favorite book. But it's, 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 <laughs> but it's, it's like it's just not my kind of Baroque, thing. Oh, no. Baroque no. epic fantasy. There, there is a yeah. there's a lot of work with there and there's a lot of good. It's also there's that is a book I feel like is very fatty. Yeah, that's a very fatty book. That's not a lean. That's not a lean fighting machine. My my problem with the book too is that it doesn't. The character progression in that book is very matter of fact, and the fact that he just tells you that it happens. You don't really get to see it happen. It, it's like, uh, oh, and he killed this guy, and this is important because of this. And like, there there are small character progression moments, like where where he kills a guy in a in a duel and gets his water and stuff like that. But even when his father dies and and and, yeah. and things like that at the beginning of the book, I don't really feel for him because it's just like, oh, I'm reading just. It's like you're reading the Bible. It's like this happened and then this happened and then this happened, you know. Has anyone read any of the other ones? No, I haven't. I, was gonna, I have I have uh, Daughters of Dune. Or it's, I, he gave me like two or three of them. But I, I, haven't wanted, read them I, have, I have a couple more that my uncle gave me. I just haven't read them. I wonder if he gets like better with that as the series goes. I've, I haven't read anything beyond Dune. Uh, judging by their size, no. I really enjoy Dune. I just have never got around to reading anything else and – yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying how the postman's reading because the yeah. the moment I started, I'm like, oh, this is what I want to do. Like, this is the this is exactly how I want to tell this story. And and so far, I feel like that's what I'm doing. Not as well, obviously. That book is that book. When you talk about no fat, like <laughs> it moves and it does a great job of of doing the appropriate time skip when it needs it. So, so far, I'm not done with it. Mm. Uh, and getting you in his head and explaining why. And it's not an info dump because you know he only gives the reader information about the character's past when an event happens that you have to explain his reaction, you know, and, and it's, it's very, very lean on how it does that. We keep saying that, but uh, that's, that's what I'm aspiring to. I don't know. To. That, that's important to me. I, Cause again, my, my favorite authors are like, uh, especially ones that I think that have uh, influenced style. My three, like my favorite favorite, mm-hmm. or at least for style are like Twain, Vonnegut and Hemingway and all of them just get, like they're all go yeah. all the time and there's a lot of stuff where like they they mention an image and then they move on and then later the plot reveals why that image was important or that scene that was missing was important i think um i feel more influenced by vonnegut in just like sentence choice and stuff like that and like how i'm trying to structure the plot because it's not i mean i'm not saying i'm i'm doing that correctly or anything but uh but cat's cradle is such a masterpiece <laughs> that it's hard to it's hard to let it not influence you after you've read it if you're trying to write something where where when there's a simple sentence yeah there's a decision behind it exactly which i really like i feel the opposite <clears throat> i'd say the authors that influence me put you on a journey if you're going on a journey you're going to read 8000 pages and go on a goddamn <laughs> journey <laughs> when you put that book down you know you just read a book 
That's fair, yeah. Because well, you, yeah. you wipe your you wipe yeah. your brow and you're like, oh god, all right, mm-hmm. you go sleep I mean, that one off. Yeah, I mean, I, there's some, there's some books I, I I definitely do that with. Like on yeah. the road is there's like fifty scenes. No, there's not fifty, but there's like five scenes where he's just eating ice cream and apple pie in another diner, and that's not the important part. The thing is like what he's thinking about while he's doing that, and it and it becomes kind of a thought ritual, which is interesting and cool in its own way. But I don't really want to do that in any of my writing. No, I want. I I'd rather have a, a like a sports car. Actually, ideally, I want a four door sedan that gets the job done. <laughs> yeah, I guess it it depends because like a hatchback. Yeah, hatchback. Something that's it's a it's a, a gremlin. Li- Let's do it. <laughs> no, it's no, something not a gremlin. something that's like a little a little nerdy, but at the same time, like if you have to move shit around, you're like that's where you're going. Yep. Well, what what about you guys? Do you have any notes of? Uh, Maybe things you'd like to see uh, as I go forward or, or um, things that worked or things that, that didn't work as well? I mean, the stuff I like to see, I want to see the relationship between, and it's going to happen, uh, the relationship between Kelvin and Malcolm. I want that. I, that's okay. That's what I'm hungry for. I, sh- I should have spent the a little, most. I should have given more of that earlier, I think. Or don't just a little because <laughs> uh, right now I'm starving for it. That might work to the year advantage. I would say I would say keep the amount you have in now, work it in. Try and do what you want. And again, and if an edit, if you feel like when you're rereading it or having people read it, we're like, they don't understand. By a certain point, we're like, I want it so badly that when you give it to me, I'm going to be very, very happy. That sounds sexy. Maybe a little more in the rain. A little more of the effects of the rain, like what he would do in the rain. But that's just me personally. What do you mean like like ways he'd try to stay warm? Yeah, ways he would try to live through because he's very mentally strong. Mm -hmm. How would he put that? in his own context of well fuck it just gotta keep going oh one one thing i was worried about the description of him finding the arrow in the dead monster did was that easy to picture how it's just only a tiny piece of the arrow that's visible yeah or or did did you did you say there was a small arrow i got it i got it at the end of the sentence i didn't understand at the beginning but that's not a bad thing because he he doesn't understand yeah when he sees it and he like grabs it and is like what the fuck and then it bleeds on him so I, I don't know. I, that was something I I was I wasn't yeah, sure I, I wanted I don't, to put in. I don't know if one arrow should be enough though. No, there, it. I wanted. To sh- I should have put that it was like riddled with the things. Oh, okay. Well, again, he is pretty close to freezing to death. His mind wouldn't be that way because he got into the cave. But there he was, ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Yeah, there wasn't. <laughs> There's not like there was a giant roaring fire that warmed him up in the cave. He is in the cave, and all of a sudden he has to get the fuck out of the cave. Yeah, he's got to run. He's pretty nearly frozen to death. Okay, from the rain. So he would just be like, "How the fuck did that happen?" Hmm. Well, now I, I guess the next chapter is he's going back to the village. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would just keep the effect of the rain because you made the rain. How um, is the rain going to affect everything else now? If And if you have a, the trip home, I think you, I think this is the point where you need to start alluding to the reader that Kelvin has made a decision of some sort. Yeah. Where like this is has been the game changer in him. And I think it needs to be more, how he's going to deal with him. A little more of the conflict when Malcolm is leaving the village between Kilvin and maybe somebody else, you know, where, where it's clear that Kilvin doesn't approve what's happening. Maybe make it seem in the previous chapter that it, it seems to Malcolm like Kilvin's mad. They're setting him free, you know, and that's actually yeah. not, not the case. He's not that's mad. That's just what he perceives. Yeah. I might, I might do that. I might find a way to work that in. <laughs> yeah. Have Kilvin seem like a, the evil guy yeah. that has him imprisoned and now he feels like he has to take responsibility for him because he's so fucking helpless <laughs> yes he almost got eaten by a giant monster that everybody knows you don't go near those areas i mean look, mm-hmm. we're smarter than they are yeah but you don't just walk up into a you don't in in our world you don't just go walking into the woods where there's bears yeah and if you see bear tracks you don't go huh let's follow these let's go let's go on these bear tracks or if you see a bear you don't go up to it 
Yeah. Excuse me. Because usually if there's a bear, the bear will go like, oh, hey. Yeah. I'm going to go over here. And you're like, cool. If you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or the bear's like, get the fuck up out of here. On my hike, I actually found out something. I didn't know. But a bumblebee will bump you to get you out of its territory. I didn't know that. Uh, We have carpenter bees Mm -hmm. in my backyard uh, on my patio. We have bees in the fucking shop. Well, the, the carpenter bees are giant black yeah. bees, but they're harmless. But they do this thing to make you think that they're not harmless, and they charge you. They they straight up charge you, but they'll stop like an inch from you mm-hmm. to be like, oh, you didn't run. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to do now. I got nothing. <laughs> but then they do it to each other. They'll they'll charge each other, but then they'll spin around each other and fly all over the place. But they never actually make contact. That's amazing. And they'll do it in like groups of four and three and then pause because they just hover in, in, in place a lot. Mm-hmm. And... My son thinks that's the funniest thing <laughs> in the world. I mean, they'll they'll fly up to him and stop an inch from his face, and he'll point at them, almost touch them, and be like, Bleh. and then one will come out of nowhere and just sideline it, and they go off, and he just laughs hysterically. It's like the funniest thing in the world. That's ever. great, but in, then he's going to run into a wasp. <laughs> <laughs> well, wasp is not going to stop. Yeah, right? exactly. They don't act the same way as these guys do. Yeah. Thank you for your feedback, mm-hmm. guys. Um, fuck you for your writing. What? <laughs> fuck me for my writing. Um, I, I would like, uh, I guess maybe if you, I, I feel like I'm not getting enough criticism, but I feel like you guys gave me a lot of criticism in the outline. So now we're just, yeah, this I mean, is just well, where the, the rubber meets the well, road. Yeah. Well, the, the whole thing is when there's going to be a lot of, of stuff about pacing and actual word choice, mm-hmm. but that's good. Like, don't start nitpicking about that now. Cause just, that's just through it. Cause you were good. That's going to bog you down and then you're never going to finish this. Yeah. Cause finish it. And then we'll read it as a whole. And, and like, then oh, this doesn't work. And then actually what we should probably start end up doing is before you plan on rewriting the chapter, like literally pen to paper, red ink, this sentence could be better. Take this shit out. Yeah. We'll start doing it like, well, I but think, don't, I think, I don't think, do uh, nuts and bolts before you're done. Yeah, you're right. You're, I, well, I think, I think before a red pen edit, well, I mean, I guess I, I, for, I do two kinds of red pen edits. I'll do one where it's conceptual, where I'll print out uh, this. I've done this for, for scripts, for mm-hmm. plays. Um, where I'll read it and I'm not editing words or sentences, but I'm writing, no, different idea, do this instead. Different idea, do this instead. And then I rewrite it and then I'll take the red pen edit and cross out words and change things like that. So I think that's that's how we'll do it. Um, I'm for that. Well, how about we come up with a movie, guys? All right, we'll do that. Let's do it. All right, so now is the bad story trailers part of the podcast where we roll the dice, find out our genres and come up with a million dollar movie idea or multi-billion dollar, we'll say. Or just... 300,000. 300,000. I don't... I'm making indie flick. It'll be fine. Okay. So, uh, what's our first genre, Max? Wes Anderson. Mumblecore. Not really. Actually, I kind of... There's there's like a handful of Mumblecore movies I actually like. Of course there is. First one is Comedy General. Okay. A story that tells about a series of funny or comical events. All right. Comedy. Comedy. I'm, I can't believe this one hasn't come up before. 56. 56. 56. I might need to re-roll. We'll see. That sounds that number sounds familiar. Zhang Shi fiction. Okay. Yeah, Stories about Zhang Shi, no. the hopping corpses. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Skip it. Skip it. I'm not doing that one again. Uh, what's what's our second? Forty five. Forty five. Forty five is sword and sorcery. Okay. All right. Sword and sorcery comedy. comedy. I'm with it. All right. I saw your highness. It wasn't that good, but we'll, we could do better. Does that count? I think that's straight fantasy. Really? All right. Yeah. I think that's general fantasy. It's not sword. And, what's, what's, sword and sorcery is almost like a post-apocalyptic, like like in in the sense that things are more barren and it's more about the like sorcery is not common. So it's frequent elements of the horrific. Yeah. Okay. In which a mighty barbaric warrior 
is pitted against both human and so, supernatural so Conan. adversaries. Yeah, well, Conan is, is the beginning of sword and sorcery. What uh, did we get? 40. And 40, we are science fantasy. Let's – well, you can do sword and sorcery with science. A story yeah. with mystical elements that are scientifically explainable or which combine science fiction elements with fantasy elements. That sounds like that video game that's coming out um, where it's it's like a prehistoric it, – it, it, so it looks like Far Cry yeah. Primal, but they're fighting against like the robots that, that – that, Look uh, like zebra monsters. Science yeah. fantasy was the original name for science fiction. That makes sense. I mean that's what – Science fantasy is uh, mm-hmm. is Star Wars. Okay, so a <clears throat> comedic, scientific sword and sorcery. I think it's doable. Yeah, that's almost like a kind of a Ghostbusters where science r- rips open a yeah. portal to the other. But it's not sword and sorcery. No, but the, the whole thing is you <laughs> just have people who are sorcerers and they're just it's just science. Or they they find like a so it's the far future. Yes, mm-hmm. like like we're talking post post apocalypse. Yes. Uh, there's an energy source. People use the energy energy source for magic. They're called sorcerers. They're really just engineers, electricians, <laughs> technicians. Yeah. But I imagine, like, what if they're like revered as sorcerers? Yes. And uh, one guy's gonna. There has to be a barbarian. Where does just the barbarian keep, just keep going? A barbarian. barbarian is the main character. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a barbarian. Well, barbarian fits many. Yeah. You know. You know the the people who are non Greek. It has somebody it has to be somebody who's not Greek. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but when you say barbarian, there is the definition and there's a heavy connotation. Yeah, of course. But what if we make a Greek barbarian? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it literally can't happen. It literally bar, bar, can't bar, happen. bar, 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 I kind of, I kind of almost want like a devil may care, like swashbuckler dude for some reason. I don't okay. know. I'm down with that. You know? Can you be more specific? Kind of, you, you know, run around a sword, but not a knight. Maybe like or not, and not even like maybe a, a mercenary, but he's not really um, kind of like Yojimbo. Yeah, Sanjuro Yojimbo, that kind of character, an adventurer, a, a very like very basic adventurer, dresses like everyone else, but he just he's good with a sword. Okay, and he just is considered barbarian because he is not one of the he's not Kuth. He's, yeah. Well, yeah, he's not Kuth. You know, one of my favorite characters from Game of Thrones would make a perfect sword and sorcery main character. Who is, is that? Is uh, Bronn, the guy who yes. is... That's almost exactly yeah. what I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, so a character like that who's kind of scum. By his own by his own definition, he would be like, ah, I'm a degenerate. Scum you know? on the up and up. Although yeah. whenever he's involved in anything in the show or the book, you immediately like him. I don't like him in the show as much. Really? I not love him in the close, show. Not even close. Who is the... Um, he's... From Bear Island, he is. Um, oh, Sir Jorah Mormont. Yeah, Mormont. Jorah, I like Jorah. He's a knight. Yeah, he's no, two. I'm just saying as in general. He's I like two. Him. Th- there are knight characters in. Um, I know, but I so, don't. So I in, don't in, want a knight. I don't want. I don't want a knight. In, in deal with a knight. So the closest Conan equivalent of the of the character of Brom would be the Gunderman. Yeah, who's who's Conan's only friend, <laughs> basically. So how about we we pick a. So how does electricity affect this futuristic world? They could have. Flashlights, flamethrower, like anything that uses a basic energy source. Yeah, if they, if they're if they have batteries that just don't die, that don't go don't go bad. Like they, they run out, but they keep their power until you use them, and they have tons of it. Uh, you could use um, this is an idea I've been workshopping. Mm-hmm. For and the a while. and the idea that everything would run off of this battery, mm-hmm. like you would just go to get them charging, like it it could go in your car, it could go in anything. Yeah, and or could we have it like a stratified like a cast system? Either you have it or you don't. Yeah. Okay. Or um, people who discover them, and then like people who people will find the batteries, and but but they don't know what they are, and then a few people find technology that still works, like uh, 
a mining drill that's like you know electric or something, and then that guy's a sorcerer because he can. What if our character finds those things for the people, finds the batteries and technology for them, mm-hmm. and then just one day is like, these guys are assholes. Like they try to fuck him over. I would say he's like a you know an adventurer out in the wilderness finding these things for the people. So he's like a junker. Yeah, and they yeah. turn against him. He knows why him. they're using him. Mm-hmm. He knows where they come from. Right, and somebody tries to have him killed so that their position will never be compromised, and he's like, mm-mm. Bring this shit down. Around your fucking ears. Yeah. yeah. That could be cool. Okay, so so our main character, does it have to be a sword? Does he have to use a sword or maybe it, maybe it's a what's, – what's some kind of technology that in the future if you had crazy energy density that you could use as a sword other than a lightsaber? I was going to say a taser. Like a mining the, uh, pick? A cheetah. Huh. A chainsaw-like thing? Because, I mean, if it's going to be a laser uh, energy-based sword. You're already – you're in lightsaber territory. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking, like, what if it's, like, a great turkey carver or something? <laughs> I, I would or, or what if it's just gauntlet-mounted? Maybe. Kind of like... Um, I'm thinking pre- Fallout now, like, this is... Predatory? Yeah. What about a sword that crackles with electricity? What if it's, like, a glove? Turbo Kid. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I saw Turbo Kid. That's one I forgot. It's fucking tight. I love it's it. It's so good. <laughs> so much. I was thinking, like, what if it's a glove that's used for... I don't remember. I saw a show once where they, where they put on these... Uh, rubber gloves but they allowed you to reach inside somebody's skin to do surgery with your hands without actually cutting them Ooh. i don't know what you would use what? that for. <laughs> no that also sounds terrifying and i don't ugh. it was creepy can our bad guy have this you know, no Kali like no you just crush someone's heart oh that'd be fucking awful you um, wouldn't leave a mark it's got to be a sword right yeah or yeah just a cutting implement what if he makes a sword out of something right so so what if there's um some kind of material like uh, graphene or something yeah. like that that is not affected by electricity. I was gonna say, yeah, it just seems yeah, exactly. to absorb it. Just like, too bad we've done mechs already, or else he just finds a mech <laughs> that, that with swords. Be. We haven't done mechs. I don't want. I don't want to do. I don't want to do mechs. Yeah, we though. did a robot, but not mechs. Oh yeah, Chrome on the range. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, better than the real thing is my favorite thing that we've done with a robot. <laughs> All right, so so if he makes like a sword out of graphene just or, something. An, or just, just, a just it, yeah just it, an insulator yeah some yeah. some kind of uh super material he, he finds and he makes a sword out of and he's fighting against all these people that have created medieval weapons or or implements that they've like put on their hands that were really used for other things like flashlights mixed with whatever and and it's like uh and they're sorcerers and he's the barbarian that's come to shut him down i like it i like it hard a group of them discovered all this shit together they betrayed him and left him for dead and took all the technology. It's 10 years later. They're like mages who are trying to divvy up territory and he comes back and he's like, and it's like hang him high and he's like, when you kill a man, you get a good look at him. Yeah. We'll do that? Yes. Okay. It's a revenge story. No, it's got to be a comedy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we forgot about the comedy part. <laughs> okay. Um, Blazing Saddle style. If it's a comedy. Then we just have to write jokes. Yeah. Well. It could be a black comedy, can it? Yeah. All right, it's a, a dark comedy about what things are like. In I think, the but I think okay, but I think I think to have a good comedy, we need a, a sidekick, like a bumbling sidekick or something. We need something to facilitate it more. We need right. a Rob Schneider. <sighs> Rob Schneider is we the had, graphene bef- warrior. Before you shut up, we had a conversation about Rob Schneider. Or maybe that is the main character. Is the bumbly one? Maybe they killed that guy, and people keep mistaking this guy for him. Because he found like the corpse 
and found the sword. He's like, oh, this is cool. And then he shows up and they're like, oh, you come. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what? Yeah, he's like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And then it. just accidentally. Because it reminds me of one of my favorite movies, which is The Inspector with Danny Kaye. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, actually, yeah. my my favorite movie like that is The Man Who Knew Too Little with – um. Uh, it's Chevy Chase? No. No, you're thinking of The Man Who Knew Too Much. Which was, <laughs> or The Man Who Knew Too Little was Bill Murray. Bill, Bill Murray. Murray, thank and you. The Man Just, Who Knew Too Much was the old yeah. uh, noir. The Man film. Who Knew Too Little is is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. So it could be like The Man Who Knew Too Middle. Too the man, Middle. The man, it's, that's what it's called. The Man Who Knew <laughs> too, too Middle. The Man Who Knew Too Middle Earth. <laughs> All right, so it's uh, The Man Who Knew Too Little meets Conan. Yes. Meets uh, Turbo Kid. Turbo Kid, yeah. Sword from the past. So, what do we call this comedy? Mistaken identity. Um, <laughs> Justice is blind. He's Mister Magoo. <laughs> Which one of these is the cigarette lighter? The rogue and the popper. Apocalypse. How? <laughs> we got to save that one for a different. Okay. Yeah, that's good. that's a good one, and not for this one. I'm trying to take all the elements and do one terrible pun. It's overloading my CPU. Sir Bean. So what? What would they call him? Like, what would the common people call him when they've when they've heard the tale and they know that he's coming? The for Revenant. Vengeance? Yeah, yeah, they would call him. The <laughs> they Revenant, would call him the they? Revenant. That's uh, what he is. Well, okay, what's what's his real name? Because it could be um, it could be something stupid like uh, Lazarus. No. I kind Laser Rust. Laser Rust. That that's too many steps removed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a hat on a hat. <laughs> All right, uh, talking about Johnny Two Hats. Uh, anyway, I like Lazarus. But I was also thinking, what if his name is like uh, something stupid, like Booger, you know? And then it's like the Avenging Sword of Booger, <laughs> the Avenging Blade of Booger, Booger's Belligerent Blade. Sounds like a short story, not a movie. Booger's Big Day, <laughs> the Meek Shall Inherit. Um, I'm thinking like well, the, the names from Mad Max were they called like a Bad Day in Barter Town, <laughs> you know, yeah. something like that. The Burning of Booger, the <laughs> the Burning of Nyal, Booger Saga. <laughs> I like the kind of well, we already already did did saga. Yeah, he did the last time. His name is just Bob. A bad day for Bob. But the whole thing is, so Booger is the name of the guy they killed? No. His name is Booger. His name is Booger. Well, it doesn't have to be Booger. I'm just thinking this yeah. is a stupid yeah. name. What do we call it like? Uh, Kevin, because he's a bad guy. Where's, if, if this guy's from somewhere. Goober. Um, I like Goober better. Goober versus the Techno Wizards. The Great Wizard Hunt. The Battle of yeah. the Battle of Goober. That's Hill. a different movie. That's a good movie. It's a different movie. Yeah. Jacob's Ladder. What's this place called? The Founding of Boogertown. <laughs> what if the other guy's name is Riley and it's called like Living the Life of Riley? Riley's Life. <laughs> I was thinking Book of Eli. Book of Booger. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you've said Booger so many times. I'm over it now. I know. No, it's, it's still funny to say Booger. <laughs> um, you can call it uh, like so-and-so's Revenge. And it's not him. He's yeah. not the main character. Paco's Revenge. What's a future name for, for a guy who's like a... Xander's Revenge. Orion. Xander Renegade Angel. Limbic Spring. Blood Outer Thirst. <laughs> Wee's Castle. What's like a badass biker name from the future, right? Like that's that's who this guy's supposed to be. No. And he's played by Rob Schneider. <laughs> Everybody thinks he's you him. You wouldn't have a badass biker name. His name is Gash Rendar. Gash. <laughs> I like Gash. Gash works. Gash's Revenge sounds like a Teeth 2. Yes. Twilight of the Techno Gods. That one's pretty cool. I think I like that. Yeah. Twilight of the Techno Gods? You guys want to do that? Uh, Let's change Gods. Okay. Twilight of the Techno Wizards. 
I still like that too. I, I do. Yeah, uh, I, I think just God. God's felt weird there. Twilight of the Techno Wizards. Yeah, it's silly. It's comedic. Yeah, and, and and the cover would or the poster would just be him holding like this this sword with a confused look on his face, and uh, at each four corner, you know, there's another yeah. wizard jumping with a crazy weapon. Twilight of the Techno Wizards. Yes. Is that what we want? Yeah, Twilight of the Techno Wizards. That's our movie. One glass of gut whiskey. Come from across the gulch, stranger. Must be in a real need to make that kind of journey. Yeah, I guess so. For a junker like Goob, digging for treasure in the desert held the promise of a new life. That, uh, that blade on your back looks real familiar, stranger. Where's it from? Familiar? No, it's The sword of Galef! You've returned! My stars, it's true. But this haul was worth more than he bargained for. I'm sorry, I think you... Cogwith be praised! The reign of sorcerers wait, is at wait, an end! Cogwith be praised! Goob is about to discover that not everyone is looking forward to a savior. Don't be ridiculous! Galef is dead! We killed him ourselves! His ghost has returned to punish us! You are a moron. I'll solve this problem myself. You, you aren't, Galef. I know, that's what I've been saying this whole time. This is too ridiculous. I'm putting an end to this once and for all. Stop, I'll give you the sword back here. Die, impostor. Oh my goodness, I am so sorry. Are you okay? Possible by an idiot like you. You did it, Galef! You slew the drill mage! Will somebody please do something? This man is dying! Cog with me! I will be praised! Join the rebellion this summer in Twilight of the Techno Wizards. Hey, thanks everyone for joining us for this episode of Bad Storytellers. I'd like to thank my writing group, Liam Malone and Max Wessel. All of our writing that we discussed here today can be found on our website, badstorytellers.com, along with the show notes. And for any questions, suggestions, or cynical critiques of our work, please contact us at badstorytellers at gmail.com. Also, if you dig the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us gain visibility among the other writing podcasts. But again, I've been your host, Joshua LaForge, and I'd like to invite you to join us again next time on Bad Storytellers. That's a wrap, folks. Finger guns. Bye-bye. Twilight of the Techno Wizards. (laughs) (laughs) That was fucking great. Do it again. Do it again. (laughs) Wait. Pull your glasses to the end of your nose and push them up as you say Twilight of the Techno Wizards. Carbon nanotube transistors. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.